Once again, a big thank you to Wild Earth Australia for their continuous support and being a company that really believes in the adventurous lifestyle. Now, if you need any gear for your next adventure, running, hiking, camping, climbing, survival, you name it, they have it. So go to the website wildearth.com.au and put in the 10% discount code Diaries of the Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. Free shipping Australia-wide, they even ship internationally. This episode was so amazing for me to really connect with one of my good mates. I've known Joe Clark since we were teenagers and I'm so thankful for this podcast and the experiences it gives me because this allowed me to sit down and really learn so much about a mate's life. I really enjoyed hearing about his career as a professional bodyboarder, so I hope you guys like it too. Yeah, we can pretty much just start. Joey Johnsy Clark. Actually, what do what are they mainly calling you now? Because I call you Johnsy. Clarky. Who's calling you Clarky? Is it because you started doing a trade? <laughs> yeah. They call you Clarky? Yeah. Well, don't you tell them? No, nah, well, uh, my high school friends all called me Johnsy or Joey Johns and then it went to Johnsy. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, you actually, you're right. I've never actually thought about that. Well, that you started a trade and so and now then, they call you Clarky. Yeah, and now my nickname's changed. Isn't that fucking weird? It is. Yeah, it's a... D- dude, it's a trade nickname. Yeah. It's a tradie nickname. Yeah. Oh, dude, now you're a tradie. <laughs> no, but we were just talking about when I saw you last. So that was at... It was an all-white party down in Coolangatta. Yeah. That was actually an insanely fun party. That was really good. It was like an American-style party, like beer pong and... Do you remember that? Yeah, exactly. And it had all the red cups and everyone was... Dude, that was so much fun. <laughs> and I nearly took you out. I, yeah. I nearly hurt you bad because I decided <laughs> to get up on the, on the kitchen bench and jump into the crowd. And because it was raining outside, the floor was wet oh, and you went to right. catch me. Yeah, because I went to crowd surf. I was just getting <laughs> too excited because I was having so much fun. Yeah. And you went to catch me. And what I think you just slipped yeah, from underneath. Just, yeah. And I think I went head first into the tiles. And I just remember you going, oh, are you okay? <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought like, you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I was nah, dude, that was such a fun party. That was an epic party. Actually. We need to have more fun parties. I haven't had a good solid house party in a long time. Yeah. So, Joe Clark, you, this is, I don't actually know how to introduce you because do you still consider yourself a professional bodyboarder? Uh, yeah, well, I still get paid. Uh, oh, do you? Yeah, still getting paid and oh. doing the Aussie tour and stuff like that still on the professional circuit. So, oh, you are? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Fuck yeah! I didn't. I, didn't, <laughs> I thought that like um, you kind of gave up the Aussie tour when you started your trade. Nah. Yeah, I've been doing it the whole time. So how do you balance that? Like, so wait, actually, so let's actually start from the beginning because you've been a bodyboarder your whole life. Yeah. When did you realize that you? We're good at it. Because I've known you since we're like, what, 16, 15? Mm. Well, that's when I started. I started bodyboarding when I was 16. Yeah, right. At school, at high school. Um, all the guys I grew up with at school were like national champions, Corey McLean and Tom Corey. Smith and all those boys. Yeah. So I had these groups surrounding me that were just elite, like the best in the world, Australia kind of for their age. And so me being me, just super competitive I was just hanging out with these blokes, just going, I, I want to do that. Like, that is epic. Yeah. And, yeah, they were my best mates. And so I surfed with them every day, and it just rubbed off on me. And within, you know, two years, I was sponsored. Had, like, a shop sponsor. How did you... Like, did you just have so much focus, or are you just naturally gifted? Like, how did you get so good so quick? Um, I 
pull it. I just put it down to me being super competitive and seeing the bar that they were at, like the level, and where I wanted to be. I was just like, oh, I, I want to be those guys. Like, yeah, they're just having the best fun, and they're all legends. Like bodyboarders are just this group of misfits that they're like, yeah, they're not like. Like, you've got your stand-ups, and it's very professional, and then you've just got these, like, outcasts. You know, I've always said, because I've got such a big group of bodyboarding friends, and mm. I've got such a big group of surfers, because I've grown up as a, as a surfer, and I've always said the most fun I've ever had is partying with you guys. <laughs> like, because there, there's not too much ego. It's like, yeah, no one just... Ever, like, everyone's just out to have a good time. Yeah. It's about surfing the waves, it's about having fun, and it's about yeah. having a good time, and... I don't know, that seems to be the culture within bodyboarding. Yeah, no, I reckon you're 100% right. Yeah, for sure. it's, it's just a loose, wild culture, and that's why... <laughs> well, that's why you guys have paved the waves so much. Like, you guys have, like, found so many waves, and, like... You, yeah, you guys have paved the way for a lot of surfers. Yeah, we've... Bodyboarding, or bodyboarders, have found the heaviest slabs in the world. Yeah. Like, most of them. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So, so, you're 16, you start getting sponsored when you're, what, about 18... Yeah, yeah. How how is the competitiveness with your mates by this stage? Oh, mate! Like, so my mate Corey McLean, right? He's I remember Corey. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's just this little mongrel. He was he's the biggest legend, and he was so competitive and he was so good. But I was just on his on his heels, just snapping at him. Just yeah. oh, I'm coming for you, mate. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Never like. I just remember having a heat with him and I could hear him screaming because I was beating him. He was like, I had him, like mentally. I yeah. remember this heat and he was just like blowing up. And I was like, the f- I actually felt bad because he was my best mate. Yeah. And I was about to beat him in something that he's taught me. Yeah, I can, I can understand the frustration being like <laughs> someone so good at something and then your mate's like, oh, I'll give this a go. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll show you how to do it. And then, you know you kind of paved the way for them. And then within a couple of years, they're beating you or about to beat you. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was an awesome feeling for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of the Aussie mate spirit is to yeah. like kind of rub it into your mates. Yeah, definitely did. But did, do you reckon that... So by the time you hit the stage where you could literally compete with them, did, do you reckon that rubbed off on them too? And then it was just like you push them yeah. as much as they were pushing oh, 100%. you? 100%. Like... When you go to a competition, it doesn't matter what the waves are like. For some reason, you always go this next level. It's like when all those collective of professionals get together, it just, the bar is ridiculous. So like, everyone's pushing it, everyone. Oh, mate, it is unbelievable. Like, you just see someone do something, you just go into this mindset where you're like, I don't care what I do, I'm just going to go to the moon. Like, I'm yeah, going to send right. it off this next section. And you just, you don't care. You don't care if you're going to die. Like, I don't know if you've seen, like, that comp in Chile. Oh, at, at, at Arica. Yeah, at El Gringo. No, no. no. Yeah, yeah, at El Gringo. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's just dry rock. Yeah. And there's guys launching 15 foot in the air off the end bowl and just rolling up the rocks and then just back out there doing it again and again, like, losing bark all over the place. And yeah. it is the, one of the most eye-opening things you'll ever see. Like, people just putting their ribs and body and neck on the line. Yeah. And... Because you bodyboarders, like like a lot of these airs that you're doing too, you're landing out in the flats. Yeah, it's and like, like jumping off a roof, mate. That's what it feels like, onto your ribs. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I often wonder that. Like, like, 
when you're actually landing, especially in the flats, are you trying to like fold the landing out? Like, or are you just no, literally... you want to just... land flat. It, it like, it still, it hurts. If you land on an angle, yeah. you get this crazy whiplash. Yeah. You still get the whiplash, but it's different. It like, it just bends your body and you just get so much more hurt if you land on an angle. That's when you do most damage. If you land flat and like rigid, yeah. you still get the whiplash, but you don't get that angle whiplash i don't know how yeah. to explain it but yeah you always you want to land flat so do you get many injuries oh knocked him i've knocked myself out a few times i've i landed feet i did an air bailed my ball um landed feet first in the flats on the sand and folded sideways i heard my vertebrae from top to bottom just go like Shit. snap and then i compressed my lungs and i couldn't breathe um, and I couldn't feel my legs. I couldn't use my legs. And I like paddled to the top of the water, like got a breath. I, well, I tried to get a breath and I couldn't breathe because I'd squashed my lungs. So I was like going, <clears throat> just getting these like tiny little gasps of air and then just managed to get onto the beach. My legs came back and I was just shaking on the beach. Like, cause I thought for a moment there, I was like, paralyzed. paralyzed. Or, or, yeah. Or close to. Yeah. And I just laid on the beach and just for like, 30 minutes just like finally got my breath back and everything and I just laid there and my mates finally came over and going you're all right I was just like I don't know what just happened but I was I was terrified I was I've never been that scared in my life in any situation do you reckon that because I've had times in the surf where you know I've had a solid takedown and it kind of you know it scares you yeah there's I I I just, there was this wave in Iceland. Oh man, I let the best wave go because I was surfing this like barrel slab in Iceland and I took this one, didn't make the drop, went over the falls, went tail first into the reef and it just kind of like, it just shocked me. Yeah. And it like kind of, it put my tail between my legs and then I paddled back (laughs) out and this perfect one came and my mate goes, are you going? And I'm like, and I looked at this fucking big double up thing and I was like, nah, I'm not going. And then he took off and I just hear him screaming when he pops out of this barrel and he's paddling back, oh, that's the best wave I've had in 10 years. And I'm just like, I just remember putting my hands, like my head down in my hands, just going, fuck. And like, because and after that, actually, I was like, actually, he gave me the competitive spirit back. Yeah, after yeah, that, I was like, yeah, what oh, the fuck am I doing? Yeah. I'm back in this. But it's like, when you have injuries like that or when that happened, like, yeah. did that. You know, did that like slow you down a bit? Yeah, I actually paddled back out. Oh, did you? <laughs> the waves are really good. I didn't do anything after that though. I didn't hit any sections or anything like that. I just, mm. I, it was almost like a celebration that I didn't, um, you know. Hurt yourself. Hurt myself. Too, too, too bad. bad, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've definitely, now I've gotten a bit older, I start, my body, you can feel the injuries from that, that day, like my back, in the middle of my back, yeah. is actually seized up, like the middle part of my spine. Oh, shit. And so I'm actually doing this corrective training now yeah. for it. Yeah, are you training? Like, have so you... I stop. I've basically, since being a tradie, no. um, I think, yeah, I just kind of stopped. I was, I've just been focusing more on my work yeah, and so... trying to get good at that. But, I started, yeah, it was like two years, I reckon, I haven't trained. Yeah, right. Like so, as in, so was it two years ago you started your trade? Now, no, I'm in my third year. I've just gone fourth year. So, trade in Australia, just because we've got heaps of international li- listeners. Yep. So, being a tradie, mm. as a construction worker, like with a, with a 
a skilled trade. What and what are you studying? What are you learning to be? Uh, an electrician. Oh, you're Sparky. Yeah, Clarky the Sparky. Oh, that's why they call you Clarky. Yeah. Actually, you'd probably keep it because that kind of suits what you're doing. Yeah. Johnsy the Sparky doesn't, doesn't really. Doesn't roll off the tongue so good, does no, it? No, that's why they call you Clarky. <laughs> yeah, Clarky the Sparky. That's, that, for me, it's so weird if I had to call you Clarky. Mm. It just doesn't, I don't know. Yeah, well, one of my best friends is called Clarky. So it's like, in yeah. our group of friends, if you say Clarky to me, you think they're you know, yeah, there's about already him. one off. There's already one off, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah we, we want to be an individual. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, there's only one Johnsy in that group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you were, before the trade, were you tra- like before you started your trade mm-hmm. in construction and you were just, were you just surfing full time? Yeah, basically. Like, were yeah. you making enough? This is what trips me out with mm. bodyboarders. It's like you're on the Australian tour or on the world and people on the world tour or whatever. Yeah. And I remember, I remember you were tree lopping on the side yeah. with me. Yeah, yeah. Like we're, we're getting a bit of extra cash on the side. Yeah. And you know, you got these guys all sponsored up. They're in videos. You're seeing them all over social media, yeah. and then they're trying to make this extra cash on the side. And this is what always trips me out about the bodybuilding industry because you guys are so talented and are pushing yourselves so much. But is there just not the money in it? Yeah, basically. Um, you know. I was getting paid enough to live off for a, I, I signed a four-year deal with VS back in the day. How did that feel? Oh, my God. I was in Hawaii, right? I was with Ash Bryant and yeah. Michael Jennings and all that. We're all just in this little uh, shack on the beach at uh, Rock Piles. Yeah. I know. And um, anyway, this email comes through. Um, and it was right about the time where, you know... I was really, I was training so hard. I was physically the most fit and ready for anything like this. So you're focused. You're, I was you're so working. Fo- yeah. You're working. It was on just this. like I just drilled in. It was like it's, yeah. you know. And yeah, I just got this email: four-year deal with VS, like six-digit figure. Were you already sponsored with them? Yeah. So I got a pro model board as a test. They made a limited run. They're like, if you sell these you'll get, you know, a pro model board. Here comes the aeroplane. Because yep. once again, I've done a podcast here before. Under on, the flight path. <laughs> under the flight path, Chugan on the Gold Coast, where we grew up. Well, we, <laughs> you grew up in Miami, like Burley? Nobbies. Nobbies, yeah. yeah. I grew up Palm Beach. Yeah. And let it go. Oh, there it goes. So, fuck, man. So you're working. Like, so you've already got this sponsorship. They've yep. bought out a signature model. So they've got a VS Joe Clark signature model surf uh, bodyboard, I mean. Yeah. And... That's obviously started doing really well. Yeah, so I was with... So the NMD, VS, they're under the same banner kind of thing, but they're two different brands. So I was with NMD. They brought out 100 boards with my name on it, and they sold out straight up, gone. And I was like, oh, my God. I was... Are you you getting percentage per board as well? Yeah, so you get... Yeah, you get a little cut out of it, yeah. Yeah. So you get good little royalties at the end of the year. Like I was getting paid quarterly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so with VS, I ended up having the highest selling, one of the highest selling bodyboards ever. Yeah, and right. so I was just making this side side cash just off that. And I had my full pay as well. So I was just living the dream. I was living in this house at Nobby's. Just, I was home for half the year. I was on the tour for the other half. And yeah. it was just like best time of my life. It was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what what stopped it so 
I came to my four years um, end of my contract and I actually didn't realise my contract was up in like a few weeks. I thought I still had a couple of months. So I've emailed him and gone, hey, um, just want to start negotiations early, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, uh, you know your contract's up like next week and we haven't heard anything from you. Like, and that was like, and it was just done. And so I went from getting paid this full-time, you know, yeah. wage to nothing. What? All over. What did that... F- so they didn't, they didn't sign me up. Is that... <laughs> What did that feel like? Oh, was that just like a kick in the guts? Like, mate, it was, it was more than a kick in the guts. Yeah. So that, like, so you've gone from living the dream, being able to actually make money to be on tour, mm. to suddenly like, oh fuck, you're not making any money here. Yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. So, crack a beer. Yeah. Want a beer? Yeah, mate, I love one. Is this? Did you have this spoon to crack the beer? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find my bottle opener. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. Oh, you're damn. just gonna do it the other way, mate. Oh yeah. There you go. I was like, there's not much of a ridge on that side. <laughs> Fuck, man, that's... Yeah. To so, me, like, that's heartbreaking. Someone that's worked so hard to get somewhere yeah. and have this deal, like, and suddenly, like, living the dream. When you, were, when you were in this four years, did you ever think, like, oh, maybe this, this hot run that you're on is going to run out one day? No, I didn't think that at all. You never... No, I was just... Heading you never the, had a plan B. Head in the clouds. All I wanted to do was bodyboard. All I wanted to do was be a professional. And I got there... And I was there, but it's like, you just don't realize what you've got till it's gone, I guess, in a way. Mm. And um, a lot of people actually said that to me, like, you don't know how good you've got it. You, you just don't know. Uh, like other struggling bodyboarders, like people yeah. that are really good. and Yeah, I was just like, just going with the flow and just rolling with it. And yeah, it was, it was heartbreaking, man, because I was like, yeah, you know, up there with all the boys, you know, on the world tour. And then, yeah, just reality. <laughs> so, so that You know Ryan Hardy? Yeah. So Ryan Hardy also got dropped. Really? Yeah. He's so like one of the best. He is the best. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that was around that big financial crisis as well. Mm. And everything just shut down. So he got dropped, I got dropped. And then, yeah, there was a year there where I didn't get paid and I was just doing the tree lock tree lopping again or whatever i could find like so you're suddenly gone from like making good coin traveling around the world competing surfing training like living this good life yeah. like comfortable yeah to suddenly like scrapping for cash in hand jobs or like picking odd jobs up here and there yeah are you still training on the side to try and like pick this back up yeah i was like, still training then yeah, yeah. did you so, did you stay positive yeah always mate um my mum's been massive on that she was always just like you know, like, you're down, yep. You can't go any further down than that. Yeah. So get off your bum and make it work. Like, yeah. get into it, boy. <laughs> yeah. And so I did. I was just like, all right, well, what's next? Like, I ended up picking up a sponsor, but I was only getting paid probably a quarter of what I was getting. So when you, when you pick up a sponsor, because this is where, like, even where I'm at with this podcast, it's like I haven't tried to get any sponsors. They just have approached me, and mm. now I'm thinking it's like it's like i need to talk to guys like you like how like i've got some really good sponsors especially wild earth they're amazing but it's yeah. like to, oh here comes another plane 
There it goes. Six four six. Yeah, six four six. From Cairns. <laughs> oh, Virgin's such a good airline, man. I just flew back from the states. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, I'm not sponsored by Virgin. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll yeah. try. Okay, if I wanted to get sponsored by Virgin. Okay, when you said you got a new new, new sponsor. Yeah. Right. Did you were you applying for sponsorships? No. If yeah, someone approached they, you, they approach you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Have you? Do you ever apply? Like, does it? Um, I've like some of the smaller sponsors I've had. Yeah. Like I've just either hit them up on Instagram, like, "Hey guys, like, blah blah blah." Yeah. Um, are you guys interested in having like a brand promoter? Yeah. Yada yada yada. I have this many followers, or something like that, and they're like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, like Sun Zapper." Yeah. Zinc. I did that through them. They hit me up, and yeah. yeah. But those big ones, you're kind of waiting for them to come to you. Yeah, they normally. They've already, they've already, always got their eyes open. You know what I mean. Yeah. They know who's in the game, who's doing what. It's, it's all over the internet. So yeah. if you're not doing anything, if you're not promoting yourself yeah. in a good way, like you got to make yourself marketable. If you're not marketable, there's no point. That's giving someone yeah. stuff. You know what I mean. So isn't it a weird game you got to play, oh, making yourself marketable? But you know, like some people do it um, naturally. Some people are just approachable. Yeah. Uh, marketable you know good head on their shoulders and yeah that's that's the main thing you've got to be like you're a you're a poster boy for that brand so you yeah. you know they're putting their eggs in your basket and you've got to do that in return for them yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's a trade yeah you're trading exactly. with them yeah so you've been approached now by this other sponsor yeah and and so they've offered you what a third a, qu- a, a quarter, quarter of the money yeah it's such a kick in the guts <laughs> yeah well i suppose it's it, like what your mum was saying it's better than nothing you know exactly it's positive it's on the way back up but like still getting paid to travel so basically that was a travel allowance i didn't get i wasn't getting paid a wage you know what i mean so yeah. i could still do the comps and but you've like, got to scrap for the for your, all your expenses yeah so this is this is where i was going through this transition of trying to make bodyboarding still work and work Mm. So I needed this balance, which was like just so unnatural for me because I'd just been waking up, money popping in my account, going to the surf, going to the gym, going overseas, getting on a plane. I'm like, oh, Tahiti's good. I'll get a message off one of the boys. Oh, keen to go shoot. Chopu looks good next week. I'm like, all right, sweet. Book a flight, gone the next day. And that was the life I was living for four. Did you ever get scared if someone messaged you and said Chopu's on? Oh, I didn't <laughs> say, mate. I was like... <laughs> If I got that message, I'll be like, oh, don't re- oh no, I've got no credit. <laughs> I can't reply. <laughs> oh, what a shame. No, I'm so glad it went, though. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, fuck, what a lie. So so what did you do? Um, like, where- mate, it was... Yeah, so I just, I just had to get a job. That was it. Like, there was no... They weren't going to pay me what I wanted. Yeah. They didn't have the money. And yeah what other option do do you have in that situation like you've got to eat you've got to pay rent you've got to pay your bills and so i ran into a mate and he was an electrician he's doing really well he had a nice truck he had you know when you get a bit older you start was it wilson no it wasn't wilson but yeah he's doing really well yeah he's yeah on tommy boy he's like my half brother wilson really like growing up yeah yeah my mum dated his dad for like six years or something really yeah He's a funny boy. Oh, he's a funny boy. <laughs> good, good dude. Yeah. So, so someone else's, someone else that wasn't Wilson gave you. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave us a hot tip. He's like, 
you go do your cert, cert to electro technology course, right? Basically, Sparky. Yeah. Um, and I'll get you a job in this company. And they're like a union company um, on commercial, so like high rises and stuff like that. And so I was like, all right, let's do it. Uh, four years. Uh, like this is when I was 30. Yeah. 30 years old starting an apprenticeship. You're the same age as me, so 32? I'm 33. Are you 30? I turned oh, 33 yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah, I've got a few months yeah. until I turn 33. Ooh, yeah. old boys. <laughs> yeah, so, so then you started this apprenticeship. So, like, you literally... Was was that a hard thing to swallow as well? Oh. Like, someone saying, like, okay, now you've got to play the game now with life. Like, yeah. okay, it's not fully going your way. Like, with this career, even though it has gone your way, you know, like, yeah. it, it has gone your way, but, it, like actually being like okay you need a backup here you need to like think about the long run yeah was that hard from being that young grom that's just like oh i I was the pawn getting thrown under the chest it was like welcome to life mate like i've just been living in the clouds and then it was just like all right it's time to time to time to work boy so like you know people left school got their trade or did their trade went to trade school yeah. And you know, and, and they're now, now they're traveling, they're established, they've yeah. got their house and stuff. Now I'm starting from like I've left school. Yeah. And so that was my biggest, um, yeah, wake up call. I was like, wow. Yeah. Like I, I look around and I often get, you know, I get a bit jealous of what these guys have. You know, they're set up their, their house and that, but you know, they all look at me and go, I wish I did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Well, you're young and able. That's mm, the thing. Exactly. It's, well, it's balancing everything. I've, I've, I've had that before and like that was one thing that like I, I literally felt like that all up until a year and a half ago until I bought my property. Mm. And it's like when I did that, it was like all the weight was lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But before that, I was looking at everyone going, fuck. And, and it was the same thing. Everyone's going, oh, Aaron, like, or Shanksy, like you've just been cruise and traveling around the world the last 10 years being an idiot you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and i'm sitting there watching everyone like get so established in life mm. and and you're stuck in this anxiety yeah like fuck and because you don't want to start at scratch when you're 30 no you know what i mean yeah you like because you don't yeah you just don't know how you're gonna do it yeah i don't know i, I, just, I think so like there's this massive social um i don't know the word like push like everyone's pushing each other to have all these things and there's all this like um not limitations but like expectations expect yeah you know there's this massive expectation that you've got to have this by this age and that by you know and the way i look at it is everyone is in their own on their own path like doing their different things and I, I, I see a lot of it on Instagram. People just look at them, look at Instagram and go like, oh, my life's so shit because I don't have yeah. a BMW and a house on the water or like there's these guys walking around in their bloody suits and stuff. I live in the dream. But you don't know. They might not be happy. Yeah. You know? So I just think everyone needs to chill <laughs> on that. Like, and yeah. just do your own thing. Just live your own life and wherever you're at, whatever, you know? like Exactly. Yeah, yeah, dude, I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. Yeah. Are you happy? Right. Mate, <laughs> mate, my life is awesome. Yeah. I love What's it. so interesting about this conversation, because I've known you pretty much most of my life. Yeah. And to me, you've just been always Joey or Johnsy, but actually hearing like these insiders. And I remember, I remember one day I was with you and you've just always been a mate and we just always hung out. We're going to parties and like, 
and we've gone and surfed together and everything. Yeah. And then I remember one day, because you're just Joey, you're just Johnsy, right? Yeah. I remember one day some Grom came up to get your signature, like to get your <laughs> autograph, and I was just like, the fuck you know what i mean like you know like i was just like looking and all these groms started frothing like all these young kids started frothing over you and and like really idolizing you and wanting your signature and it kind of took me back a bit i was like oh hang on like joey's really doing something here he's you know he's yeah mate it takes me back when people come up to me i still don't think i'm that person that i am to them yeah you know what i mean like they'll come up and they're like oh like can you sign my board or whatever and i'm just like, I'm a normal person like you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Do you ever think about that with young kids too, especially when you are doing signings with bodyboards and everything, that like that they might look up to you and inspire to you? Like, do you, do you think when you are in those situations that you have to be a good role model? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Exactly. It just comes back to that um, marketability. You know, you've got to be that type of person. You've, yeah. you've got to be a good role model. Um, to put those kids in the right direction. Yeah. And I, if someone messages me on Instagram or something like just wants to say hello, like a kid or something like that, I always make an effort to reply. Yeah. Um, and I've always kind of prided myself on that to, you know. Well, because you could make their day as well. Exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> as well, sell a board or do something for your sponsors. Yeah. You know, they might go, okay, he's he's gone to the effort to reach out to me when I have so you know they give back to you yeah and normally yeah it's it's pretty humbling I reckon when yeah. you when someone just asks you for information or just wants to talk and stuff like that and you can you know it's it's yeah it's awesome yeah I love it how have you so just before we started this um recording you're saying like on the like last week you just chased that swell down south yeah now, seems now you are doing a trade and you're learning, um, you're learning to be an electrician. Mm. How the fuck are you still doing the Australian tour? And how the fuck are you still having time to chase swells? Like, do you have a good company that you're yeah. working for that's like literally, like, how's, how's that working? So, my company, RJB, that I work for, um, they have a lot of football players there very sport orientated kind of company and so if you give them a couple of weeks notice there's no hesitation straight up you can go because it's such a big company they've got people to cover you regardless yeah. so for the contest you can kind of see them coming up because you have dates yeah and so dates. you can kind of give them that and, and they're kind yeah. of fine with it what about swells but like did you just that's the hardest part so i basically just put in for time off I'll say I'm going to go away between this date and this date and just let them know that within that time is when I'm going to be going. And then, because you can't, like the swell forecasts, you need to see, you know, three days before yeah, to know exactly what's going to happen. So as long as they knew in that time that I'm going to go and when that swell pops up in that time, that's when I'm going and I'll let them know like a few days out, okay, I'm, I'm leaving the yeah. waves are looking good. But a lot of the trips I've done lately, I've just winged it and there's been waves. Yeah, right. So it's been, yeah. Do, do you, because, fuck, especially lately, I've seen you on some big surf. Mm. And does it scare you? It's, I swear, like your mental state changes. When you're in that kind of stuff, it's like the adrenaline. Yeah. You just become like more, what's the word? You just, 
Well, you adapt to you it. You adapt to it. Exactly right. It's like your body is ready for war kind of thing. That's the feeling you get. Like but, the adrenaline just makes you want to catch that wave. Yeah. But being out of training and out of doing it all the time, like, you know, where you're so focused now where yeah. you're playing this balance game, it's like, like I know, I know that if I go and do a season in Porto in, in Mexico, that I'm going to be surfing these big waves every day. And at the start, I'll be shitting myself and by three or four months, I'll like you know, be comfortable, totally comfortable out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like, how is it now when you suddenly chase a swell and like you put yourself in those big wave situations? Yeah. Well, I, I still feel the same. I still surf nearly every day and that's my training. Yeah. And there's no better training for any, any sport than like doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I still ride a, I ride surfboard just as much as I ride a bodyboard, but as long as you're paddling, you're out there, you've still got that surf fitness and that's the main thing you need. And in big waves, being able to relax. If you get a flogging and you've got to hold your breath, like you, oh, I was actually saying this to one of the boys out at this wave we were at, this bomby. You know you're going to be underwater for a long time. Yeah. So you just deal with it. It's like if I've had worse wipeouts on a two-foot wave thinking that I'm going to come up and I've been held down and, it, and you panic because... Yeah. You're yeah, because like, you're not this ready for it. shouldn't be happening. Yeah. And so your brain just goes bang, 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 and you get, you know, you freak out. But when you get a flog in on a big wave and you know you're going to be underwater for a while, you go, all right, lock and load for this. And just yeah. ride with it and ride it out and come up. It's fine. Mike Stewart said something really interesting to me that he, he breathes up in between sets. Like he'll oh. be out at pipe and he will be sitting out there waiting for a set and he'll be breathing up like as in he's oh, about wow. to dive. You know what I mean? And I've really took that on board in that last Mexico trip that I just had. And because I, I, I was pushing myself the most I ever have in big waves. And I was literally doing that as well. I was just breathing up in between. And one thing it really did do was give me the confidence Yeah. when I did get a thought of that. So you're basically just putting heaps of oxygen in your blood. Yeah, exactly. I was just like deep breathing, really deep, holding it in, letting it out just breathing up really yeah just really deep while i was waiting for a wave and every time i was in a hairy situation i do this in everything in life everything that i do with challenges with myself and everything i always go back to the breath yeah you know and just deep breathing deep breathing but um yeah i I noticed i was doing that in between sets in mexico i was thinking about what mike said just going to the breath breathing up and then when that wave came i was just i had so much more confidence yeah i don't know i was just yeah that makes sense well i was ready for the it's like you're making yourself aware that you are going to get taken down and when you do you know you're prepared so you're aware exactly that like out of your comfort zone with that two foot wave you're Mm. not ready for it Mm. but you're suddenly ready for it you know when you get taken down it's okay you know to relax you know to be calm you know you get oxygen yeah yeah no it makes sense i've never actually thought of that yeah so dude, start doing them i've been doing it <laughs> i i used to do a lot of pool training so i was like doing laps and holding your breath for certain amounts of time so like you'd start off doing six strokes breath eight strokes breath ten strokes breath and you make it harder yeah and then it got to the point where i was just swimming 50 meters one breath like and we're doing the runs under the water and all that stuff with the weights and mm. that was when i was my most comfortable knowing that you can be underwater for two minutes and just come up and yeah and you just you just so mentally prepared for anything like i went to hawaii i did a season in hawaii after that i felt invincible yeah (laughs) i literally felt and hawaii like that's something because i that trip i just did i started in hawaii Mm. and 
the, it's so powerful there. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? So you get used to it. And then when, when I went to Iceland, Iceland's so powerful because it's just like Hawaii. Swells come from nothing stops them before they get to Iceland. Yeah. So it's just so powerful. And I thought that was also another factor that when I was in Mexico that I was so used to that power and those big waves. Mm. But yeah, it really builds your confidence up. But yeah. being a professional bodyboarder for what the last 12 years, yeah, like it's got to have put you into some some situations yeah or some um you know where i'm going with this yeah <laughs> yeah i'm going into story time story time yeah i was like um because i saw you got a few notes there about um a story and i was thinking about just even your career in general that's why i asked you to be on here because i was like i know you've traveled so much i know you've done so many things i know you surf so many different waves around the world yeah and it's just like this i know you've got some some stuff in the vault yeah well uh yeah my favorite trip and adventure for sure was Canada so you don't really think surfing in Canada much and uh, I had a friend who moved over there and um, he's a bodyboarder from Nobby's Curtis Pryor yeah and uh, yeah he he just ran into this guy his name's um, Greg Vorster he's a South African and he's sussed out all these waves over there and uh, yeah so Curtis was like I, I gathered up a few boys and um we flew over there with a photographer um, on a Riptide magazine trip, photo trip, see if we could... Um, so being a Riptide magazine, does that mean they put in a budget for you guys? They, uh, they, they normally pay for the photographer, yeah, something like that. Um, we, we pay everything out of our own sponsor money. Yeah. Or you pay off your own back. Yeah. It's kind of just the way it is with bodyboarding. And, uh, yeah, so Curtis was like, all right, well, this season, this month is normally the best time for waves, wind, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we ended up going to Vancouver Island. Um, yeah, basically got on a plane, flew to LA, from LA to Canada, and then straight straight from the airport, um, straight onto the barge, got picked up. Greg and Kurt were in the car. And um, yeah, basically we dropped our stuff at Greg's house and then literally packed and drove straight to the top of the island 10 hour drive Ooh, there's thunder outside holy shit wow. i just saw that lightning too <laughs> don't really get storms in winter so that was a bit odd but anyway yeah. um yeah so we just literally yeah just on this straight up mission like took hours so, so things like so 10 you guys hours non-stop did you non-stop yeah we didn't stop and chill like jet lagged out of my brain so is it because you're chasing a swell or you yeah just... so he, greg's like oh this way is gonna be good like let's go straight away and i was like sweet let's do it so there was myself nathan tyak he was a photographer um it was curtis greg and kiernan he's a, another lad from around here he was just over there and he jumped in the car so there's five of us in the car holding this little full drive oh, and a love dog it. love yeah. it boys trips yeah trips with the boys <laughs> and um yeah so we had we was it was so congested. I've been sitting down for hours and hours and hours and like, and then we get in the car, we load, we bought like all this food, and we go up and we're, we'll go into this cabin. You jet lagged because every time I've gone to Canada, I end up really jet lagged yeah. from this side. So oh. you're just yeah. you're in that dazed state. Where you're yeah, just, you're just going with it. Yeah, your legs are moving and you don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And so we, the first, the, this is the first trip I did in Canada. Um, yeah, so basically. We, we're driving into the night and we get there. It's like 3 a.m. in the morning. Been traveling for like 20 something hours, 30 hours or something. Excuse me. And um, 
Yeah, so we get there. It's just this dirt track. Oh, we got a flat tire on the way there, actually. It's like we had to get out, fix the tire, because we're going down all these logging tracks. Yeah, it just adds to it. Yeah, and we got there, pitch black, and Greg's like, all right, guys, out of the car. So this is north of Vancouver Island? Yeah. So north up, of right Tofino? Right up the top. Right up the top. So instead of going to Tofino, you would have to go to Nanaimo and go straight, straight up. up. Yeah. And then back into the coast. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, so, yeah, th- that, yeah, that's harsh. That's pretty unpopulated. That's yeah. very forest. That's wild country, man. Yeah, that's yeah. really wild well, this country is, out there. This is the next part. So we get to the end of this like dirt track, and it's just forest, thick forest. Another lightning bolt. Yeah, comes some thunder. And uh, how good is this? Yeah. It's my favorite thing in the world, the old storms. Um. It's really setting the mood, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's added to the story. Yeah, because I'm, I'm already, I'm thinking of Vancouver Island and those dark, stormy days. You yeah. Know, it's like the big forest, the big um, Douglas ferns. Yeah. You know, that's, that's raw it's nature, It's super man. raw, yeah. And that, that's been this like little city boy. And, and Greg's like, all right, we've got to do a 30-minute hike through, the, through this track. I'm like, are you kidding me? There's bears and wolves and like cougars and shit. And we're about to get out. And just walk. Yeah, we'll just walk through the forest in the middle of the night. Is it, he Canadian? Yeah, no, he's uh, South African. Oh, he's the South African bloke. Yeah. Man, how how funny is it? Like when I'm in Canada, they're like scared of everything in Australia, and mm. you're like, dude, you just have bears, fucking wolves, and cougars. What There's, are you scared about? Kangaroos not gonna hurt you. <laughs> oh, it might kick you, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Big reds, careful that. No, so, <laughs> so now he's told you to walk through. So what time is this? Like it's it was getting, three in the morning, and the sun doesn't the morning, come up. Till, so like I'm tripping out. It's like. I'm just like in this other universe. I've been traveling for so long, jet lagged. And now he's telling us we've got to, we had to do a river crossing. Like, so we're, <laughs> You're in predator territory. I know, now. mate. And like, I, I was literally shitting myself. I was like, are you kidding? I was like, I'm staying in the car till daytime at least. He's like, nah, we put putting um, gum boots on. We're going, just, we've just got head torches on, all that stuff on our backboard. We had a bear dog with us. Its name was Panda. Was it cold? It's freezing. So, so cold. So bear dog as in like he's going to um, let you be aware of... Yeah, d- bears. Bears. So yeah. like this guy's prepared. Yeah. He yeah. knows He knows what's up that for. we don't know anything. So he, he was chill. The only thing that made me relaxed is that he was. Yeah. And we had a dog. So the dog's probably going to go first. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what anything. happens. It's sad, but it's like yeah. that's kind of what, why I know. you have I'd those I'd hate dogs. that. I'd be so pissed off. Yeah. But <laughs> um, yeah, so we've just... Just started walking into the forest. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is an absolute joke. Walking along, and then we get to this creek. It's just gushing water. The water was like two degrees. It was like when you stick your hand in an esky full of ice. Yeah, that water. That's what it was like. Yeah, it's numbing. It was numbing. Exactly right. And um, so we got all this stuff on our heads, crossing the creek. It's up to our knees. The gum boots were just full of water. Try not to get washed away. We've crossed this creek. Walking along the beach, up and over this hill, round this headland, through the forest, we get to this little cabin, this tiny little cabin. It's probably like four by four metres. Just this sick wood little cabin. Did he know the cabin was going to be he there? He knew it was there. So he's, he'd been up there a couple of times. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a little hiking cabin. So because those massive storm fronts come through, yeah, it's like... it's. Yes, yeah, for hikers and hunters, it's a safe haven. Yeah, safe yeah. haven, yeah. So Someone just builds them sometimes, or maybe the government builds them. It's normally on the state forests. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah, so it's just a little safe haven. And um, basically, we woke up there just to these massive pine trees on this super raw coastline. So you got to have a good sleep. No, good sleep. I had four hours sleep, I think. And yeah. I just woke up. I was tripping when I woke up. I was just so hung. Like, I felt hungover. Like, yeah, so like, where am I? Yeah. Yeah, you're suddenly... yeah just, just looking around, it's just unbelievable. Well, you've just come from the Gold Coast, the Gold Australia. Coast, yeah. Now suddenly you're north of Vancouver <laughs> Island in this fucking Douglas fern forest yeah. in a cabin. Yeah. With bears and wolves around and yeah. shit. So, Fuck. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we... we, we uh, yeah, it's tripping balls the whole time. And then we had to hike to this other wave. The wave was like 30, 30 minute hike or something like that through the forest. And um, yeah, it's just, I was shitting myself. The whole time I'm looking around, just like thinking, I'm just going to get done by something here. Like, I've never felt that in my life. I haven't been anywhere where I'm like, you know, something can eat you yeah. or attack you. As we're Australians saying this, but we know our environment. Yeah, we know. Like, we've got spiders and stuff, but they're not going to hunt you down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they would rather not see you. Yeah. But these things see you and they're like, yes. You yeah. Know, it's a they're feed. licking their lips. Yeah, licking their chops. <laughs> so, yeah, we, anyway, that was the first part. So we surfed this little, like, little bommy wave. It was perfect, right? No, like, probably a handful of people have ever surfed it. Yeah, so you did, you did score. Like, yeah, it paid we got, off. Yeah, so we got a full feature out of this trip. How did it go? How did you surf when you're so jet-lagged, so out of it? You <laughs> The first surf was, like, hard, super hard. So... I was in a 5'4 weddy. I've never worn a weddy that thick. I had booties, gloves. You're going to um, see the storm picking up outside, but that's okay. Continue. Yeah. Oh, how good is this storm? Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> I'm loving it. Um, yeah, so that was, our fir- that was the first part of the trip. Was that, your first, um, was that your first time in really cold water? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I've been to Tassie. It was similar to Tassie, Tasmania. Oh, really? It wasn't colder? It was, it was a cold. bit colder. Yeah. Yeah. But like I had booties and everything on. The water, I think the water was eight to nine degrees. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was brain freeze. Yeah. Like you, you can't feel your fingers. What do you reckon the tent was outside? Uh, I think the top was like 13, 14. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't, wasn't too bad because yeah. it was just, it was literally the seasons changing over into winter. Yeah. So it's so right it was just before start. it. Yeah. Um, so it was still cold it was cold for us mm. but not like crazy and um, yeah so then Greg we went back into town after that trip like we got some waves and it was good fun it was kind of just like your first little taste and then yeah. Greg's like alright there's this other wave we've got to catch a boat to it and we get dropped out there and then we're going to camp there in tents and I'm like alright that's pretty hectic alright yeah. I'm keen like let's do it and so the forecast lined up and like for a good consecutive few days it was like this low pressure it was just sitting over the top so it meant no wind or well, mm. no high pressure sorry not high pressure high pressure and he's like yep looks good we're on and I was like okay so I'd, he told me about this wave basically we went down to the wharf at Tofino yeah hit up this uh, fishing charter we're like hey can you drop us out of this spot we'll give you the coordinates um, he's like, yeah, all right, sweet. Like, yeah, I get paid, whatever. Yeah, so we gave him like fifteen hundred bucks or something like that, and we all, we all, um, oh, how good is that? Yeah, it's kinda, yeah, <laughs> this is so good. Yeah, continue. And um, yeah, so we've we we drove to Tofino. We loaded up, loaded up all our bags full of food. I think it was like five hundred bucks worth of food, and 
we were going to go out there for nine days. Nine days? Nine days, yeah. So uh, off the grid, no yeah, phone so you're reception. you're ready for a full trip. It's this a full is, adventure, yeah, yeah. Like, this is... Yeah, it was so sick, man. Like, we, we got on the boat and we went out and we caught all these f- crab. We got crabs and uh, got a few cod. Yeah. Jigging. We got these, like, big ling cod, I think they're called. Yeah. Really tasty. So we got these two big fish. We got this crab. We had fresh seafood. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, so... We getting dropped off on a beach to camp. You got, yeah. yeah, so we, we got dropped off in this little bay and just walked into the forest and there was a bit of a clearing there and set up our tents and so the biggest thing i took out of this was like we had to cook everything on a fire so we had to fully every day you'd set up for you'd have to set up your kindling you'd have to cut your wood so i was doing tree lopping at the time so i knew we had a chainsaw so i'd go like fell like a dead tree yeah (laughs) so funny we're just like because there's no one around we're screaming like timber <laughs> it was just like fully getting into it turning into cavemen it was so funny and uh yeah so we'd prep prep your wood and do all the kindling for the day and you get the fire started and we cook over the stove and yeah yeah and are you getting waves so yeah and that that was the bonus so um out on the point there's this perfect like wedging right slab reef and um I, I, yeah i reckon probably maybe like 20 people have ever surfed this wave like the canadian guy yeah i think his name's raf raf brewer yeah yeah he found it for yeah. sure yeah i know him i used to live there to yeah that, yeah yeah i've seen that actually yeah yeah so um yeah not many people surf this wave like people know it's in canada but they don't know where it is yeah and um yeah so we've just scored this wave like probably i know five out of the nine days we got pumping waves and the tides are so massive there so at one point the rock's just fully out of the water yeah and it, you, you can't tell there's a wave there and then when the tide comes back up there's just this pumping wave yeah yeah it's epic and there was this like massive sea lines out there as well like huge they're like i don't know they're like eight foot long seven foot, like massive yeah so this is just a trip this sounds like a trip of a lifetime like especially where you've grown up and then suddenly like this is the full canadian was, wilderness trip yeah i was so out of my element man i was like shitting my pants every day something would pop up oh <laughs> and not to mention when we got there on the on the headland like just to the right there's bears there was like so you could see bears we'll blatantly see bears and i was just that that point i was like kind of like really scared so when you're okay so you're camping in this place in this island mm-hmm. or like well really remotely and you're saying you're cooking on a fire every day yeah and you can see bears in the distance yeah. you're surfing a place that has really large sea lions yeah um now you've got to be aware that there's like you're thinking also that maybe there's wolves around there's cougars around so if you're cooking on a fire we we how you're prepping your food did you like make sure it was like are you like yeah. are you put it because I, like I, i've been camping on vancouver island and i remember we we're hanging our food like 100 meters away in a tree like yeah are you having to do that yeah. kind of stuff well we had our food in these wet bags yeah and rolled up and they're super thick and so you can't oh, a human couldn't but maybe a bear um we put all our food away from us yeah um and at night or ever we we never cooked if the wind was blowing inland 
off the water because they could smell the fish, they could smell that, and literally we'd have six pairs hanging around. Hanging around. Did you just have a gun with you? No. We had bear mace, we had the bear dog, and a chainsaw. So the South African guy's kind of, he's semi-prepared for bears. Yeah. Like he's got the bear mace, he's got yeah. the dog. Yeah. So, but still so, just seeing him, you'd be shitting yourself. So man. before we got out there, Greg taught us what we have to do in that situation. Like if there's a bear around, he's like, all you do is you, you run at the bear, screaming, make as much noise as you can, and just sprint at the bear. <laughs> I was like... You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I was like, I'd be screaming running the other way <laughs> if I saw a bear. That's a, yeah, man, so, you fight your instincts. Yeah, right? so it, I literally felt like a caveman after that trip. Like, I, I came out of that and I felt invincible. I was like, I've just been in the forest with the bears trying to eat our food and I've been running after bears with, like, I have this picture of me with this, like, hatchet axe and a pot running like sprinting at a bear on the beach what, and they came at you no so they don't or they you, were black you, bears they weren't grizzlies yeah so they're still they still can easily kill you and they have killed people before but their first reaction is to, to run. run yeah and if you've got food you, you're basically just trying to scare them away from, from getting your too food. curious as yeah well. and yeah. so what we were doing as well is we were kind of marking our territory we'd walk like 20 meters away from our camp and piss and do yeah all your stuff people think that's silly but i i literally i do that on my land and it's just because i have so many animals around and actually like if when i first get to my land because i'm off grid down in the back of crescent head just mm. behind the national park so beautiful down there yeah and there's animals everywhere yeah and when i first get there all the animals just go scarce and i just start i'll, I'll piss everywhere like, mm. like when I'm needed, like I'll just piss in different trees and they get used to my scent. And then after, like, literally it'd take probably about four days normally. Yeah. And then all the ruse, quite, everything's just around. Yeah. And they just treat me like one of them. Wow. And it's amazing. Yeah, you know what I mean? You, know, you see dogs do it. You yeah. see every animal does that. They, they squirt on a tree. Yeah, but when I say that to people, people are like, Eve, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, no, I'm, I'm telling you, man. They, they, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, no, it all makes sense. Well, you know, we're all derived from that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So it's we're just animals. instincts. We are. <laughs> I'm an animal. <laughs> I'm an animal. <laughs> yeah. So you're having this amazing trip and you're scoring. Yeah, we got, got crazy. The only time we couldn't surf, the best day on the charts that we saw before we went out, we had this crazy fog. So we, we had this radio, right? And it would tell you the forecast, what was going on. And it'd just say, fog banks. And we, you literally couldn't see like 10 metres in front of you. And so we're in the forest, there's bears around, and you're just in the fog. I was like, this is just a horror movie waiting to happen. Like, yeah, crap in my pants. And they, they call that fog. It's because you're so close to the ocean, so cold that I think the water temp... The water's warmer, maybe, yeah. or something like that. and it creates... I've... I've yeah, experience that, man. And it's just, yeah, you sick. can't see. So I thick. would not want to be. I think in the forest, it might. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. Man, if there's cougars around and stuff, oh. and you can't see. Yeah, well, we had. Uh, there was one, one night where I remember waking up, it was like three in the morning or something. That I just heard the dog going, like, we'd take turns having the dog in our tent. Just makes you feel a bit safer. Yeah. And um, you just heard this crunch, crunch, crunch. And I was just like, oh, here we go. Like I, I made this little shank. <laughs> I had this knife like under my pillow. So you're that nervous that you made a shank. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah. it, and I was like, and I told the boys, I was like, look, 
if you try and scare me through the tent, I'm going to stick a shank through the tent into your head. <laughs> I was like, don't fuck with it. <laughs> I don't want to know about it. Don't yeah. try it. Anyway, so this, yeah, it's this big, you just hear this heavy animal just walking through the bushes right behind us. So we've all just sprung up into action. Head torches on. We had piles of rocks to peg at them next to our tents and stuff like that. I've just cranked up the chainsaw. And, <gasps> Good idea. Yeah, so I've just gone, rah, like, just revving it. And we're all just yelling, pegging rocks, and the dog's going off. And then you just hear it just, woo, 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 just runs off into the forest. But it was, like, literally right there. It was right behind our tent. Holy And shit. we're all just, like... So you, this is the middle of the night, so you're... S- can't see it. We didn't know what it was. And the, the dog has woken you guys up. The dog up woke it. us up. So the dog's woken up, like... Growling, growling. Just heard this. You've grrr. got your shake ready. You're oh yeah, I'm ready to go. I was. I had the. I have the chainsaw in the tent with me. That was so smart that you guys have rocks there ready to go. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that's actually yeah. And it have just, that chainsaw. It just fully turned into a primitive thing. Like we were just back back on the back in the day where there was. Well, the thing is, you're not the predator. You're not the top predator or anything. Yeah, you're not the apex. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was the best. That was the best thing of it all going into that situation. Like these bears don't hunt you. They're basically there to eat your food. That but, could have been a grizzly. Yeah, I don't I, I, don't I think there's I think there's only ever been a couple, but they have to literally swim from the mainland to get there, yeah. which they do, which they can. Yeah. But um yeah, if we got taught not to corner them because they will take you out. They've got a problem right now because they just introduced... They had wolves there, but they've just introduced a whole lot more. Okay. And I was there a few months ago, and there was one on the beach. Um, but, yeah, like there's a Vancouver few people, Island? Yeah, there's been a few people getting cornered, um, a couple of dogs getting taken. Yeah, so now they they're would. Like, yeah. I don't know about doing that. Yeah, it looks <laughs> it's pretty hectic. Fuck, imagine. Have you ever seen a fucking wolf, dude? Mate, they're so They scared. are so massive. They're like my, one of my favourite animals, for sure. Oh, they're beautiful. They're one of the most they're beautiful so animals, beautiful. but yeah. fuck, they... I, I, I ran into one one night when I was in... Um, actually, out of Whistler when I was living there, because um, my ex-girlfriend was Canadian. Yeah. We were living together, and I went for a walk one night, and I ran into a wolf, a lone wolf, luckily. Yeah, well... And it yeah. was... it. I reckon it, like, without exaggerating, I literally reckon the head came up to my chest. Wow. Like, it was the biggest thing I'd ever seen. Mm. Like, I didn't know that they were that big, you know? That's nuts. Oh, man, I... And I ran. Oh, you would? No, but, like, you shouldn't, but I did. <laughs> I just started running. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah, so you know with wolves, like, you were saying it's like a, a lone wolf. Yeah. Then I've heard they, they have, like, tactics where they send one out and it, like, distracts you and the others come from behind and attack you from the back. Well, that's smart. Yeah. I heard that, like, they'll, they'll have a decoy. They'll run a decoy and, like, kind of gets the attention and then they'll just bang yeah. it from the back. Did he... Did this guy tell you, if you're going out to this island, did he, did he tell you about wolves? He said there weren't any wolves, but they could be. <laughs> That's what he said. I'm like, well, yeah. what do you mean? They I need to know. <laughs> yeah. I need to know. Yeah, so, yeah, it was so scary, man. It was just like every day you just had this anxious, it was just this anxiety of like fending off animals like these bears from your food. Like if they ate our food, yeah, we had nothing to eat. And the boat was coming back in nine days. We had a radio. So that was the only thing we had. 
so if anything if anything happened we would have had to have waited you know a couple of hours before we could get picked up did that play in your mind when you're surfing too if you're surfing a slab yeah a slabby definitely rock, like... man like at first i was very wary and cautious and by the end i was just like didn't care yeah when yeah. you get comfortable you get comfortable i was used to having bears around i was used to we were drinking water out of the stream it was just so so sick like i'd never had a, a an experience like that yeah and just got so comfortable with being so out of place it was it was just yeah do you reckon going back and being so raw in nature because some of the trips that i did when i was younger that took me so we're both grown up in the same place yeah but some of those trips that i did when i was younger that took me out being so raw and so within nature that actually is what made me want to go live in the bush and live yeah. off grid yeah and it's like where you were there yours that's north of vancouver island that's so remote yeah. those bears those animals you've had to go back to those primitive instincts yeah to actually to actually feel what that's like yeah that would have had to change your perspective it changed everything for me mate it like it just took it just took all of your problems all of everything out of the picture and then turned it into just living and just survive well, just surviving, surviving. yeah, yeah. and survive. it was like it was the most refreshing feeling i've ever had yeah yeah that's what trips me out sometimes when i see someone like just when i come back home or i'm in a city somewhere or whatever and and, and yeah someone is having a problem in life that just doesn't matter yeah, you so know simple. I mean? It's so yeah, stupid. Yeah, something that's so simple. Yeah. You're like, why are you getting yourself so worked up about this? This does not matter. It's not worth all the energy you're putting into it. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what I find. When you're out there, you're in a place where what we're saying, you're not the apex predator. Yeah, and that in itself is a humbling thing because oh. it changes you to like opens your eyes. Yeah. Okay, so you surf all around Australia. You were just on the south coast of Australia last week. What yeah. are sharks? Yeah. Okay, so everyone, every time I travel and I say, yeah, I'm Australian, I'm a surfer, blah, blah. You know, people all around the world are like sharks. Yeah. What do you like with sharks? And I see them all the time, like yeah. down. But great whites. Yeah. But like you surfing down the bottom of Australia. Yeah. There's sharks down there that will swallow you whole. Yeah. How does that feel? <laughs> oh, it... It is that, that, yeah, you're straight back to the bottom of the food chain when you're out there. Yeah. There's, uh, there's so many stories down in South Oz and stuff like that of people just getting smacked in half. And yeah. it's, it's funny, like you see the waves, the waves are pumping and you forget all about it. But when you're sitting out there, there's no waves breaking and like it's deep. Like we were doing these tow-ins at this big wave down in South Oz. And I was literally sitting 300 metres in this bay in the deepest water. You can't see the bottom. And I'm just sitting there on and the tow a... rope and just waiting, waiting, sitting there. And I literally had this full panic attack. Um, and I was like, oh, one of my mates, Woody, Woody Young, Matt Young. And um, I was like, I've got I to sit on the ski. I've got to sit on the ski. He's like, no, 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 it's all good. I'm like, bro, I'm getting on the ski. He's like, don't fucking miss the wave. Don't, and I just had this like overwhelming feeling. You know when you feel like there's yeah. something there? Yeah. I've always listened to that. But like yeah. I just felt like 
I was about to get smacked in half. What's your intuition? Yeah, intuition. I just it just this wave came over me, and I was like, I've got to get on the jet ski. Like, oh, <laughs> the water's so deep. I I'm, when I first went down to South Oz to surf, I remember we met these fishermen, mm. and they reckon that you couldn't pay them enough money to get in the ocean. To get in the ocean. Yeah. With the stuff that they see. Yeah. And then you got these surfers. You got guys like you guys traveling, like chasing waves down there. Yeah. And a lot of those waves are coming straight out of deep water and we know like that is you know shark hunting ground yeah we well we know they're there we know right where you are like coming to a reef to a bommy to a drop off yeah that's right where sharks are hunting yeah and you're sitting right there yeah well right kind of near that wave about i think it's like 10 k's off the coast or something like that there's the biggest fur seal colony in australia yeah and that's that's their food choice and if you're in a black wetsuit you look like a seal mm. do you know what we used to do when we were kids when we used to surf straddy and have to paddle across the river mouth yeah and it's so sharky I and mean, we always felt so sharky mm. we used to always invite leaf because yep. we'll stand up surfers and he was a bodyboarder <laughs> and we have this theory <laughs> we had this theory yeah we had this theory right that bodyboarders look more like seals yeah. so if a great white comes <laughs> take leaf yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell- no nah, he knew that you asshole yeah, we- leaf leaf is the most fearless i don't carefree dude i've ever met in my life i don't i surfed um mexico with him one day in jacawa and this was a quite a I remember nine of us paddled out. It would have been about 12. It was over 10 foot. Mm. Maybe about 12 foot or something. Mm. And nine of us paddled out. Five went straight in and four of us stayed out. Mm. And three of us were packing ourselves. I mean, I remember every time I saw the sets coming on the horizon, I just paddled as hard as I could yeah. for the horizon. And Leaf, like, so this is Leaf Emberg, who's a bodyboard. It was sitting the furthest out, up behind the rocks, just waiting for the bombs to get these big, scary crazy barrels right and i remember that afternoon we're in having beers and my adrenaline's wearing off and i said to leaf i've never been so scared in my life that what i was today yeah right and i go i don't know how the fuck you do it because i was so scared out there and he looks at me and goes what are you talking about i shit myself all day and i was like (laughs) he doesn't show it it look like it how how were you scared like you know what i mean and that's what i don't know i think some people just wired different yeah well I reckon I've surfed a fair few places and Mexico is up there with, like, because it's a beachy, so you don't have a channel to paddle to when there's a big bomb or whatever. Yeah. You just cop it. Like, so you, you get stuck on the inside. You've got nowhere to go. you just got to wear it on the head. And when it's, like, 12 foot, 10 to 12 foot, like, Porto or whatever. It's heavy. That is a, yeah, it is, it is shit when you get caught on the inside. <laughs> yeah you were underwater for a long time i copped a two-wave hole down there yeah it doesn't surprise and me. i just remember it was str- i went straight into the beach i just remember sitting on the sand it was mm. one of those things kind of like your story i had to sit there for about half an hour and just get my breath just Breathe compose myself yeah. it was an eye opener it shook me so hard yeah but yeah i suppose this is why we always this is why we do it man yeah now of uh yeah back those those sharks and stuff like that you were saying before um, Ballina I don't know If you Do you surf around Ballina much? Yeah well I was living in Lennox Before oh. I bought my land Yeah well There's been 11 shark attacks there In a year Or was it Like a couple of years ago Yeah It's the So this is an hour up From where we are now Or down Sorry down the coast 
and um it's what was it the i just read something the other day it is the most frequently what's the word like shark sightings shark sightings anywhere in the world yeah like most activity yeah i was yeah. talking to mate yesterday he said he just two days ago he surfed over a bull shark yeah and he said there was just bull sharks everywhere yeah there was 60 on that they've got an app it's like called dorsal or something oh shit. and um yeah there was 60 there or something like that just pardon me yeah well, <laughs> we're drinking beers well, yeah so uh so now that you're okay you're becoming a tradie mm. so you're gonna in a year's time you're gonna have your trade done mm-hmm. where's your career gonna go so where's joe clark thinking what's what's next for him is it pro bodyboarding still is it still staying on tour like where's your focus now so my my contract i have at the moment i basically i get paid for a couple of trips i get a little bit of a monthly allowance and then i get paid to do the aussie tour yeah um i feel like the only thing different i'd do is maybe you know do my own sort of movie or something like that like a like a short film yeah of a few trips something like that just keep doing the tour till my body kind of gives out like i don't really like keep yourself marketable yeah exactly yeah and you know there's nothing wrong with still getting paid to do something you love that extra bit of cash you know like yeah so when you finish so in a year's time when you mm. finish your trade do you reckon you're going to focus put a bit more focus back into bodyboarding well the way yeah well it's just I'm just kind of rolling with the punches, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just rolling with whatever happens, happens. I, I'm not putting any goal. I'm not, I don't really have goals yeah. at the moment. I'm kind of going to get my trade. Um, and, yeah, so it, it's, it's hard to say. Like, I'm, you know, if I started getting paid a lot of money, I'd probably give the world tour a crack again if I could, you know, yeah. afford it. Because it's, it's like 20 grand's worth of flights just to an accommodation and stuff like that to do all the comps all the stops yeah so if you want to be a world champ kind of you've got to put that into perspective and then yeah so there's all that so i'm kind of just at the moment you know i'm i'm sort of in a a second phase now where i'm like you know building my life around me you know what i mean and just still surfing and enjoying that i'm i'm more enjoying that you know what i mean i use it as my getaway out of reality yeah it's my yeah it's exactly what it is it's my life yeah yeah it's like i often think about it as like surfing is giving me everything yeah because it is everything Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it is yeah and i've had relationships that have hated it oh because every time yeah, because it's like you get up in the morning, you want to stay in bed and snuggle. You want to get up and beat the wind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what it's I mean? So I want, true. To, I want to get down the beach. And it's yeah. just something that you would choose. It's not that you choose it over people, but it's your passion. That's it, what you've yeah. done your whole life. It becomes an instinct. Like you, yeah. you look and you see the winds going the right direction and you know there's swell and the tide's ready and the banks are good or whatever. And you just, yeah. the first, that's the first thing that comes in your head. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, don't change me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, dude. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, um, no worries, dude. That was so interesting because, yeah, being your friend for so long, like the ins and outs of your career is like, yeah, that's yeah, good on you. And I hope, like, dude, yeah, it would be sick to see see some movies in the future and and see you doing well on the tour, like on the Aussie tour, and, and yeah, and nail out this 
Yeah, you, I think you got good balance. Yeah, I think you're going well. I think yeah, I think that was smart to do the trade and then and keep that balance and then go back into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, good seeing you again, dude. You too, legend. <laughs> See you, Moit. See you, I do it like a double.